0: And the beat goes on. How's everybody feeling on a rainy, cold Tuesday in late November? It's the 21st day of November and I have acquired my turkey. And some peanut oil. Jay's not going to like that, probably. Um, But this is the way I like... I don't have that many... I have one turkey a year. So I'm gonna deep fry in peanut oil. And until I find a better way, I, I have to look into this. I'm still a novice, all right? If it were up to me, it would be ribeye steaks for everybody on Thanksgiving, but that it wouldn't feel too much like Thanksgiving then. So uh, it was very cute today. I got to go and take Aurora and Lauren to go meet up with our farmer to get the uh, the turkey that he processed for us on Sunday. We got the turkey and then we went over to this this pie, this bakery, this pie shop. And both places Aurora offered her credit card. Her little uh, her little toy credit card. She said, "Okay, but she wanted to pay. It's okay." So she she gave she said, the credit card. So she bought us the turkey. She bought us the the pie. We got a cherry pie and couple other things and then uh, and then some groceries which almost broke us in half man man the groceries are incredible with the, the costs i'm sure you guys and gals are seeing it i'm sure you guys and gals are seeing it it's incredible but um but I, I, we don't have to worry about that because aurora paid for it all so got that all taken care of welcome to the show tonight i'm looking forward to tonight it's going to be a short one because of band practice So it's our short Tuesdays. I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to figure this out for, um, for 2024. I really wanna, I, I wish we can start practicing at nine, but it's really rough. Maybe 8:30. I don't know. Anyhow, that means that we're gonna be jumping off to quitefrankly.tv, to pill.net. All those links are in the description of the episode that you're watching right now. I also tweeted them out. I uh, telegram them all of, all the other stuff there is the direct link to the foxhole and of course uh, if it's just easier on the fly quite frankly tv it does all the same thing it's powered by pilled we're gonna be jumping off around the, the halfway point but it's gonna be good as always as always um because we have a great guest coming on tonight it's an old friend of mine that i met on tumblr i met a lot of really awesome people guys and gals on tumblr years ago and uh and our guest tonight marcel dumas dr marcel i should say he's got his phd now he's brilliant really is and um i learned a lot just by reading his blog l- watching him just thrash communists and that's when i really started learning between him and moonlit matt and max ancaparado uh, and and based heisenberg our buddy ben that's really where I started learning about anarcho-capitalism. So when we learned that a self-proclaimed anarcho-capitalist has won the presidency in Argentina, I said, I have got to bring Marcel on for the first time in years to see what um, what exactly he feels about this. From a gut level, assessing uh, Millier as a person, as a public figure. And then, of course, I have bigger technical questions about how you can without using as he says millier says gradualism to take your country that has been destroyed through inflation and spending and welfare and social uh projects and and economic controls and all the utopian things that dopey american college uh you know leftists think is going to bring us into a the, the the fifth the fifth dimension um I want to know how, you know, what do you do to actually reverse all that without doing it gradually and without maximizing the damage that so many people um, will will uh, have to suffer through? Because remember, you know, maybe Argentina is a little bit, you know, farther down the, the line than we are as far as feeling the pain we have because of our central bank over the last 50 some odd years, we've been able to mask the pain of what it should have been numerous economic corrections. And um, well, they can't, uh, people, uh, places like Argentina can't mask it that much. And so here we are, but still we are no less a dependent society, a society that's dependent on what government can uh, so-called provide for people. Everything from childcare to social security, which is supposed to be retirement but it's all a sham and there's no money left. So obviously it goes somewhere that's not intended to do and it just never works out. So I wanna know, I wanna know about the ins and outs and I know that uh, Marcel will be able to really roll with that for a while and I think we're gonna bring him on. Uh, He couldn't come on any sooner than around 7.30. So we're gonna do a little bit of news together. Uh, kick around a little bit of media, some stuff that came out of the Morning Joe that I thought was pretty funny, and and a, and a couple other things right now to kind of fill up the time and have a good have a good uh, evening together. But like I said, because it's short, the jump off point for the show is going to be pretty soon as well. So if you want to, you can get over to Quite Frankly TV right now, and uh, and you don't even have to wait. So there you have it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much to our sponsors especially BlueMonsterPrep.com, and all of the wonderful, wonderful people on the affiliates page on QuiteFrankly.tv. So while you're there, click around, see what you find. All right. Is that all I had? Was there any new bookings I can tell you about? I'm working some things out. I'm working some things out. And I, I, uh, I made an announcement about the four... The four books that we're going to be doing in 2024, I think I may have a fifth, but I'll tell you about that some other time. Let's get to it, shall we? All right, first thing up here in the grab bag is a headline from Vice News. I haven't seen anything from Vice in a while, but I thought the headline was interesting. Commercial flights are experiencing unthinkable GPS attacks and nobody knows what to do. New spoofing attacks resulting in total navigation failure have been occurring above the Middle East for months, which is highly significant for airline safety. I'd say commercial air crews are reporting something unthinkable in the skies above the Middle East. Novel spoofing attacks have caused navigation systems to fail in dozens of incidents since September. In late September, multiple commercial flights near Iran went astray after navigation systems went blind the planes first received spoofed gps signals meaning signals designed to fool planes systems into thinking they're flying miles away from the real location one of the aircraft almost flew into iranian airspace without permission since then air crews discussing the problem online have said it's only gotten worse and experts are racing to establish who is behind it who do you think is behind it Who do you think is behind that? According to Ops Group, the activity is centered in three regions, Baghdad, Cairo, and Tel Aviv. The group has tracked more than 50 incidents in the last five weeks. The group said in November update, they identified three new and distinct kinds of navigation spoofing incidents, with two arising since the initial reports in September. And that is nothing compared to what other pilots are reporting as far as mid-flight health incidents and i'm not just talking about the pilots which this is something i've seen people like what's his name michael yoder talking about for a while now and i have spoken to other pilot friends off the um off the record about hey is, is are are strange things happening uh within the ranks you know and high altitudes heart issues things like that and it seems that it is very troubling what's happening and of course, because not only pilots have been subjected to the same kind of social pressures um, as the military and everybody else, but also the people of the United States, just the average citizen, uh, there is a lot of health emergencies just across the board, with both both path- passengers and and um, and crew. Here's a headline. This is from Vigilant News. Pilot warns of airline industry disaster. Due to certain medical interventions. Captain Shane Murdoch says the air industry is poised on the precipice of disaster. A pilot for more than 40 years and qualified air accident investigator, he has found official data that back up his claim of impending global catastrophe. He adds, when correlated, the data indicates there is an enormous problem that is having and will have a significant impact on aviation safety worldwide. There's enough evidence uh, to be sending out red flags. There have been many tragedies this year. Phil Thomas, a young graduate of the C- Cadets at Spain, flying, uh, Flight Training Academy, fell ill and died suddenly in April. There were five pilot inca- incapacitations in March including British Airways pilot who collapsed and died in Cairo, Egypt, not long before he was due to fly. Pilots are super fit. Why are so many dying suddenly or collapsing? Captain Murdoch concludes that they are suffering severe um, adverse reactions from certain medical interventions, which has myocarditis, heart inflammation, brain fog, insomnia, blood clots, and anaphylaxis as side effects. Um... They are passing medicals if they are suffering serious uh, How are they passing medicals if they're suffering serious adverse reactions? People are asking. Last year, global aviation regulator Federal Aviation Administration changed the ele- uh, the electrocardiogram um, markers that measure the PR interval. This is the time that it takes for an electrical impulse to travel from one part of the heart to the other, and is an indicator of heart health. The new limit is 50% longer than previous limit means that if a pilot has developed heart conditions, it would slip past it. So they're lowering standards once again, but still that doesn't get around to the biggest problem here. The biggest problem here is that between 2018 and 19, the Mayday average was 29.1% of all distress calls during 2022 Mayday calls increased by 272%. In the first three months of 2023, the increase was 386%. The graph shows that there was an instant, steep increase when the when the medical interventions were mandated to pilots. I mean, well, getting this, uh, I'm I've I've gotten this from a couple of different sources, and uh, I'm reading all the same news that you guys are. But it's all right because we can find new pilots, right, and diverse ones too. Like the, the Navy, asking more and more money for diversity and equity and inclusion. And then um, their they're all-female uh, pilot crews land a plane in the ocean in Hawaii the other day. That'll be fun. But when the hell am I getting back onto a plane? I don't know. I don't know. All right, let's uh, let's get back uh, let's get back on the other side of the intro, and we're going to do a little bit more news together. I have a funny article about Susan Sarandon, and then back into show business, which is just politics. So it's all types of show business in the second half, and that'll lead us right to the bottom of the hour. Don't go anywhere; it's going to be a great one tonight.
1: Right after the break, we're going to interview Eric Wyand who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest, but. He's gay. I mean, he's gay, excuse me, he's blind. So we'll hear about that coming up. Okay,
2: as we head to the break, a look at the six... You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay?
1: Let's ride!
0: All right, so I am—I'm uh, very happy to be here with you tonight. And remember, um, I would love to read some of your thoughts. Anything that comes to mind that you want to add to the show—we're still going to be reading your super chats. That's quite frankly superchat.com. It's the universal super chat. Not really monetized on anywhere when it comes to views ever, um, and YouTube never. we haven't had super chats since april of 2020 and this is a great way of getting everybody in the audience involved no matter where you're watching there is gold pills on quite frankly.tv and pill.net there's rumble rants there is rockfin tips whatever you want to contribute to the show with i uh they will get read onto the air and um and we will all be in happy harmony together so what are we doing in the meantime? Well, I this is just uh, this was a this was a real treat. This was a real treat. You remember we were talking about how, uh, last night? We were listening to a little bit of that Javier uh, Millier talking about how the 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 left treats itself and treats others, the standards that are 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 different, and how they cover up and they lessen the impact, and then they destroy you on anything. And if they don't have anything, they'll make it up. Well, Susan Sarandon's got herself into a little bit of trouble, and it's amazing to watch somebody like Roger Friedman at Showbiz 411 writing about it uh, as if he just, he just doesn't want to believe it, whereas if it was anybody else, uh, it, the, the fangs would be bared. Uh, Oscar winner activist Susan Sarandon dropped by talent agency UTA over anti-Jewish statements may cause trouble for new movie i've confirmed that talent agency uta has dropped the oscar winner over her continued anti-jewish rants sarandon recently said at a pro-palestinian rally that american jews are now finding out what it's been like for american muslims here's a quote there are a lot of people afraid of being jewish at this time and are getting a taste of what it feels like to be a muslim in this country sarandon told the crowd at a recent new york event you see again nobody knows how to, how to deal nobody knows how to deal. Um I think because everybody wants to go for... It, 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 they feel like it is in their best interest to always go for the underdog in any situation or the perceived underdog. That is where allegiances lie because it's all really about looking good and avoiding looking bad. And um, I mean, at least from these Hollywood types. And when you see this level of intelligence splitting on political lines and then fracturing again Uh, these are people who are just obsessed with identity to the point where it creates schizophrenic behavior and 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 it really makes it almost entertaining for people like us on the outside looking in to watch and take bets on who's going to break what way Who's gonna just like check out, bow out, not want to say anything because they don't know what to do? And then, of course, when bat- new battle lines are drawn between former friends that have now become foes on this particular topic, uh, wh- who gets the most resources in the fight the civil war against each other? Who survives that war? Who's in better bargaining position and in, in their in their uh, in their trade afterwards? Who's an outcast? <laughs> oh, it's just incredible to watch the crazies get even crazier. Anyway, Sarandon, listen to Roger Friedman's um, reporting of this, though. This is a guy who, who thinks that the new Star Wars video, uh, films are, are brilliant, okay? He goes to bat, he shills, and he gatekeeps for anybody, anybody who'll listen to him. And, of course, he usually gets prime placement on the front page of Drudge Report, and that has to be most of his readership. So um, I don't know, you know whose balls he's licking. Sarandon for years has had odd, contentious, out-of-step political ideas that have manifested into the public. She has supported outlier presidential candidates like Ralph Nader and Jill Stein. Yeah, outlier. Get in line. A very talented actress. She has never read The Room in any situation. The results have been much diminished career from her heyday. Uh, but this late, latest episode may be her undoing. It also has caused trouble for the movie that she's filming called The Fabulous Four with Bette Midler. Who is Jewish and may not have been so thrilled by Sarandon's comments? Additionally, and here's the end of it. Additionally, Damning, Sarandon has been supported, uh, supporting famed anti-Semite Roger Waters, formerly Pink Floyd on Twitter X. You see now, it's crazy because we've played quite a few clips of Roger Waters on this show, especially when he sat down with that talking penis, um, Michael Smirkonish from CNN and he was really laying out some really nice facts there about Ukraine when that all popped off and shit. Um, that was really great to, to hear. Anything I've ever heard from Roger Waters, it's like he's got great points. Is anybody else listening? But of course now he's a famed anti-Semite. And then Roger uh, Friedman, the author of this article, he ends this way. All of this is very disappointing. I've known Susan a long time. A long time. Other than sounding anti-Semitic, she's a terrific person. <laughs> Listen, I have got to remember that line. Well, other than sounding anti-Semitic, he's, she, he or she is a really a, a good person. You should get to know them. I know, I know, I know. They sound a little bit like Hitler. <laughs> just, just a little bit like Hitler. But if you get to know them under the surface, they're really a good person. Her downfall. Her downfall is being almost too articulate. This is how this is how they write about their friends when they do something that even they can't excuse or is just too on the surface, too, too hot to handle, and they have to kind of like throw them under the bus a little bit. This is how they handle their friends. Can you imagine them saying something about Donald Trump like this? I think his downfall is he just—I don't know—he's just a—he's just—he's just too. I don't know what what can you say something complimentary he's too much of a good thing that's why she doesn't care what people think of her stances and various subjects this may be her last straw oh boy just amazing it's amazing how they talk about each other when they're in trouble all right, well, let's move on to some other stuff. This is another actress. Of course, um, her industry is a little bit more consequential. This is the, um, the beaver Nosferatu, bloodsucker of a fraud. The beaver lady from New York, Kathy Hochul. She has a little something for you. Um, she announces the development of a new media literacy tool or multiple tools for children through K through 12 in New York. Um, it's going to teach students how to spot conspiracy theories. Take a listen to this. This was posted, this was clipped by the post-millennial earlier on today.
1: Today I'm directing the Director of Division of Homeland Security and Emergency Services to develop media literacy tools for K-12. through
0: She's directing the director. So does the director actually direct?
1: In our public schools. This will teach students and even teachers to help understand How to spot conspiracy theories and misinformation, disinformation, and online hate. (laughs) Start talking about what we're seeing out there.
0: (laughs) How to spot people who are just too articulate for their own good. People who might sound anti-Semitic, but are otherwise (laughs) very nice people.
1: Teachers, the tools they need to help these conversations in school. And by teaching younger New Yorkers about how to discern between digital fact and digital fiction, we can better inoculate them from hatred.
0: We can better inoculate them from hatred. Always with the injections, these fucking vampires, huh? You beaver bitch. And what is the truth? What is the truth, Kathy Nosferatu with a wig. What is the truth? Will your priests in the New York public school system uh, be analyzing how what? what? What do they get? What is it? I I just don't understand. Are they going to go back in time? I would love to see how they put a spin on the handling of the DNC leaks. The spin around that, the lying around that. I would love to see how they go and they talk about the misinformation of the past that really shaped contemporary america like the lying about russia for three years with donald trump and then to transform that when it's run its course with all the investigations all the money all the all the media time spent with with propaganda brainwashing character assassination all that stuff uh three years and how many election cycles did you try to influence with that one kathy you and your 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 friends just to transform it into a phony impeachment to cover up for the truth about what was going on out there in ukraine prior to this war so it's just it's just incredible or or of course speaking from new york the misinformation about covid uh this woman's predecessor all right first of all misinformation about covid killed far more people than the untreated disease did and her predecessor murdered thousands of elderly New Yorkers, and that information was just glossed over. Instead, they held him to account for his nipple twisting that he was doing in the office up there in Albany. And then, and then we, got, we got left with this, uh, this hand-me-down beaver woman. That's what we got left with over here. So I, I really w- would love to understand what misinformation is to a person like Kathy Hochul. I would love to hear her answer those questions. I would love it. I mean, what about January 6th, Kathy? What about January 6th now that we can see much of the suppression of evidence, especially video evidence, was necessary to make all the dramatic performances that uh, the ridiculous committee that should, they should also be in jail for their mal and dis and misinformation or those Capitol Police officer pukes who cried who cried when they're the only people who took lives that day not to mention the four Americans who have killed themselves since because of how over the top the media and everybody else threw down from the media to the judges their best effort to make that day seem like it was worse than Guadalcanal okay it's just unbelievable that this is this is, that this is woman is able to go up there and pontificate like this And I just hope that, oh man, I just, I pray. All I can do is pray sometimes. All I can do is pray. And now, and you know what? This will flow right into this next thing. Now we turn to the Duke and Duchess of misinformation. The Duke and Duchess of misinformation, Joe Scarborough, who looks like a discarded Jim Henson character, and then Satan's favorite cocktail waitress, Mika Brzezinski. They today, you know, the people who'd said this, Kathy Hochul, I, I wonder if she ever saw this. In
1: the media, trying to make up his own facts. And it could be that while unemployment and uh, the, the economy worsens, he could have undermined the messaging so much that he can actually control right. uh, exactly what people think. And that yeah. is the that is if our you, job.
0: Yeah. That's our job, to control what people think. Now that's not out of context. It's exactly what you said. You can call it Freudian if you want. You can call it a whatever but it's exactly what they think okay here is uh morning joe (laughs) a little bit from today i guess where where the discarded jim henson character joe scarborough uh he goes on and on about what would happen in a second term of donald trump if he ever was able to um move in to the white house again because as far as acquiring more votes than the 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 walking wounded over there on the left—that's something else. It's about whether or not it would be allowed to happen. Take a listen. Yeah,
2: have a responsibility to to really to tune out the voices of of the haters of of the people that are constantly uh, double shilling and triple for and checking and shilling for him and <laughs> suggesting sick. that somehow they're being yeah, sick.
0: Shilling for him. Just yeah, I love when they pick up their papers and they re. It's just sick Sick We should do a deep dive into her Satan father Sometime Here you go Hell's Hell's cocktail waitress Mika Brzezinski Every time you see
2: her there's another layer of makeup on Being biased Bending over backwards Treating him like a normal candidate He's Oh not she's just so exasperated Normal candidate He is running to end American democracy as we know it <laughs> Thank god He's an authoritarian who a court uh, in in Colorado two days ago ruled that that he led an insurrection against the United States government. He's charged (laughs) with leading schemes to help overthrow the United States government. Oh, man. So so
0: that sounds pretty serious,
2: doesn't it? (laughs) If they want to frame it uh, that way, that's fine. If, If you want to be fair, if you want to be fair, then you will frame this. Uh, as uh, Joe Biden being the candidate that supports American democracy uh-huh. and Donald Trump, a candidate who supports a new form of government here, this authoritarian, it's really that simple. And by really? the way, Reverend now when people go, oh, you can't. Compare. Oh, that's
0: right. He was talking to uh, Reverend Al Sharpton, who is pretty much a popsicle stick inside of a cheap suit these days.
2: The just past Nazi leaders. You can't compare him to this past Nazi leader or that past fascist leader because he hasn't done that. Well, what hasn't he done? He hasn't done the things that the American judicial system did not allow him to do last time, but may very well allow him to do this time or... A judicial system that will be ignored by Donald Trump right. and ran over by Donald Trump to create the greatest constitutional crisis of our lifetimes. Just because he hasn't done it yet, doesn't mean he won't do it when he gets a chance to do it.
0: Oh, well, what is he going to have a chance? What are you, what are you, what are you getting at? What is he going to do?
2: It's and if he is well. voted into office, then a lot of these people that are talking about literal or figurative or whatever the hell they're saying. You're going to look like idiots uh, because he will do, he will get away with, he will imprison, he will execute whoever he's allowed to imprison, execute, uh, 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 Mm. drive from the country. Just look at his past. Yes, look at his past of of execution. Look at
0: his past of killing everywhere he goes. He murders people. This is coming from a guy who's actually killed somebody, Joe Scarborough. I mean, jeez. I mean, I, I mean wh- where, where the bodies have shown up around Donald Trump compared to just the people on, on set right here? It's just incredible. It's just incredible. Trump imprisoning people and driving them out of the country. Please don't tease me, daddy. Don't tease me, daddy. That would be great. The hell do I have to look forward to? What do we Seriously, otherwise, what do we have to look forward to? Just please, don't get my hopes up. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Anyway, here's what I want to do now. I'm going to play a little something for you, and then we're going to go on break and jump off, and we're going to take our guests on the other side. I want to play three minutes of Tucker Carlson's sit-down with Javier Millier down in Argentina. And again, as far as, a, um, as far as a person who can really rattle out some incredible quotes, I want to play this and then I want to take this with us into the second half and, and talk nitty-gritty about it. Because I, I wouldn't be able to tell you how to, how to detox a country from decades of socialism and, and how to do it without killing everybody in the process. It's, um, it's just one of those things I have to bring a, a specialist on for. But listen to this. Socialism has become
2: uh, ascendant, really, in the United States, as you may have noticed, with the attendant symptoms you described. Massive public debt levels, increasing
0: poverty, disorder, crime, filth, and ugliness. Argentina is at the end stage of that. Argentina is now a poor country because of those policies. What advice would you give to Americans, having lived it?
3: Que nunca abracen la idea del socialismo. Que nunca se dejen seducir por el canto de las sirenas. I'll,
0: I'll have to read this for you, actually. Um, I, I forgot there's no over... So what does this mean?
2: What would you give to Americans having lived it?
3: Que nunca never embrace,
0: never embrace the siren. ideals of socialism.
3: Que nunca never
0: allow yourself to be seduced by the siren, siren song.
3: De of social de justice. Social, que no se deje Don't get caught up in that terrible concept that
0: where there hecho. is a need, there is a right.
3: Pero que eso but that can't happen para eso. on its own. Para eso hay que estar we have to be prepared,
0: prepared for la this la and, la la and la wage la a cultural y war y every single day.
3: day. Y que and we have to be careful que because, they que tener ellos
0: because they have no problem, problem no problem with getting inside the state and employing uh, Gramsci's techniques, seducing the artists, seducing the culture, seducing the media,
3: or meddling in educational content.
0: Kathy Hokel. You need to be very careful, cut off their funding and force them into a fair fight. At the same time, we have to raise awareness among the business sector
3: that the masses
0: are necessary. Milton Friedman used to say, and he's dropping Friedman. I mean, it's a, that the social role is uh, the entrepreneur is to make money, but that's not enough. Part of their investment must include investing in those who defend the ideals of freedom, and so the socialists can make no further advances. And if they don't do it, they will get into the state and use the state to impose, to impose a long-term agenda that will destroy everything it touches. So we need a commitment from all those who create wealth to fight against socialism, to fight against statism and to understand that if they fail to do so
3: the socialists will keep coming because what's the point since they
0: try to leech off of others without working
3: they are tireless in their pursuit their uh, the leaf motive in life is to live off of others and they never give
0: up on this this mechanism to gain control and so you can see exactly what he's, uh, what he's going for there. And now um, I have just enough time to let you to rattle off some thoughts because uh, Dr. Marcel Dumas is, uh, is just pulling up to his house and he's, he's going to be uh, joining us on Zoom in just a little bit on the other side of the break. So if you want to start heading over to uh, pill.net or Quite Frankly.tv right now, go right ahead. But um, as far as Melies' statement to Tucker, again, whether or not he is for real or some controlled plant. That is always a burning question these days. Whenever, whenever somebody seems too good to be true, to come up and especially ascend to an office like this. But there is something incredibly valuable, as I always say, in being able to articulate these thoughts and inspire the common person to explore those ideas and that headspace a little bit more than they ever did in their past, if they ever had done it. There's something incredibly valuable about that in itself. Now, we have had many, um, many discussions on this program about Donald Trump, for example, and people like him, what they bring to the table. Uh, In in Donald Trump in particular, his weaknesses, his strengths, his vulnerabilities, uh, his sincerity. The highest points of his presidency, for me at least, and I've said this in the past, was the speech at the U.N., the 4th of July speech at Mount Rushmore, and a few, other, a few other speeches like that, too. Now, I know that speeches aren't legislation. I know that speeches aren't mandates. I know that they're inherently toothless, in the immediate, at least. But if you see how late in the game we really are, not even just as Americans, but as, in, as, in a, as the, uh, the former free world, the, uh, the West... And if you see how late in the game it is, especially with the cultural decay and all this stuff that Millier is talking about, that we're at the the end of it all, how it's just collapsing in on itself from the weight of its own bad its bad ideas just collapsing. Um it, expressing thoughts that are are only made impactful because it it it, it doesn't matter if there's a legislation attached to it sometimes. Sometimes just having that thought go out there like a lighthouse on a rocky shore just to let other people out in the mist know that hey there's someone out there and we can actually take account of our strength i think that's an amazing thing i think it's an amazing thing you know if if this stuff, They wouldn't try to censor us if this stuff were not impactful in and of itself. It's not so much that, oh, well, they say flowery things, but can they get any institutional control? Uh, you know, probably not in many cases, especially with us. We get our hopes up, then we get our hopes dashed, but we keep coming back. And what we have definitely gained that nobody can take away from us over the last seven, eight years or so is that we are, uh, we are a force that's rising. And no matter what they do to screw with us at the at the voting booth, we know that the actual beating hearts are ours. That's it. They can stack paper, but do they have beating hearts? And and to to set these to set the minds of men in, ablaze with these these ideas again, it's it's fantastic. They wouldn't need to censor us if this stuff wasn't impactful. Those were my favorite moments of the Trump presidency because we are in a position right now where the most important thing that we need to do is reignite the fires of curiosity and dare i say even pride national pride anything like that when the issue is about liberty or tyranny then the necessity of individuals taking ownerships over themselves and their communities that becomes a chief focus not whether or not we can win a uh, you know elections and take control of the Congress and all that in Washington DC if it no, it's about whether or not individuals can start uh, Thinking differently and considering things differently again. That's really the chief objective and um, Rediscovering humanity is a great part of it because when you realize what liberty how liberty and humanity go hand in hand then you want to fight to preserve that and make sure that any kind of meddling political force whether it's your team or not stays the hell out of it that's just it rediscover morality rediscover everything rediscover art science that is not completely steered by who the the biggest bidder is and actually just brought to life by curiosity so we need that fire reignited and that's another thing to keep in mind I think is a positive um constant positive living just below the surface of the story in Argentina is that Argentinians have lived they have lived the hell that the average American dope uh thinks is utopian. So whether this guy is a pacifying puppet or not, it's nice to see a large group of people loudly demand that no prisoners be taken and that um and that not it, it's not a modest change. It's actually a pretty radical and um, inspiring thing that, that that's been asked for. All right. So we're going to be right back heading over to uh, foxholepill.net. The links are in the description below. They're in the tweets and the truths and the gabs and all that stuff. And, uh, if that is, uh, if you just need a, a quick bounce over, you can also do quite frankly.tv and get in that chat. All you got to do is press play, no paywall. We will be right back with, uh, Marcel Dumas. All right. Don't go anywhere. Thank you so much.
4: It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank
1: you. and Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah, piston,
2: Entering, quite frankly. 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 Quite
1: frankly. Quite
2: frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. We all support quite frankly. Not quite. Quite frankly. let Brand. go, Brandon. Quite frankly. And Roma Italia. Quite frankly.
1: You're going on Frank's show tonight? I want to get a Coke. Can I get a Coke?
0: So we are back. We are back. We are back. So that brings me to tonight's guest, uh, who is prepared to talk about the nitty gritty in the in Argentina, or at least what President Millier is uh, going to attempt to do. But yeah, it is a it is. It's world news, but what Millier is prescribing for Argentina is what, well, you know, we need to do here. The question is, how, how do you actually do it without killing millions of people after all these years of state dependency? Well, my guest tonight, Marcel Dumas. It's Dr. Marcel, I got to say. This is, it's I, been years, Frank. Dude, yes. dude, I, this is, guys, Marcel and I met on Tumblr and now he's a <laughs> and now he's a doctor and it's just it's just really awesome to have you back on man i mean you have such a a lengthy resume may i read it a little bit all oh, means okay here you go graduate from George Mason University. His interests are Austrian economics, public choice economics, and development economics, but he has a particular interest in dynamics of authoritarian regimes. This is why after tonight, I'd really like him to come back a little bit more often to just to talk about history and how we're seeing it repeat itself all over the place. His doctoral work is focused on developmental states, which is defined as regime which pursues economic growth through targeted interventions aimed at supporting key industries as opposed to enforcing universal standards of economic behavior. He's taught macroeconomics at the principles and intermediate uh, intermediate levels, as well as courses in money, banking, and public policy. Of course, I know him as Anarchy in Black on Tumblr back in the and day, and on Twitter now. And on Twitter now, but welcome back to the show, Marcel, Doctor Marcel. It's great to have you on. Happy to be back. Oh man, oh man. So, so ha- well, I guess. How's everything been? I know that you're you're very active on on Twitter. Obviously, you have a um, a, a robust. Amount of uh, work that you're doing off air, but uh, have you ever gotten into? Formulating your own radio show. I know you wanted to do your own talk radio show at one point.
4: I talk radio, Yes, Uh, and for about a year two years uh, I had a podcast with Dan El Tigre Chico Mm. uh, That got you know updated probably once every other month if that called the moral minority You can still find the episodes and listen to them and you know if Dan is listening uh, What started to happen was i was doing the editing myself and it got to the point where as i started to fall behind on the editing i started to become more and more reluctant to even like talk to him like i was too ashamed to look at him it's like i'm sorry i i still haven't finished editing that episode and then over time this cycle led to just the entire podcast falling apart
0: that, that's what happens man that's what happens people don't understand how how tough it is just to get the first five consistent episodes out um it's it's really rough but in, I think and we got to i think that's like Fifteen episodes, sixteen episodes, but separated by about a month or so. You said,
4: yeah, about, like, yeah. at least. Yeah, so, well, like, we used to we used to make the joke at the time that you know it's a good thing our worldview was so undoubtedly correct because that way whenever we made predictions, by the time we actually put the episode out, they'd already happened. So we were never, you know, we were pra- we were practically like timely.
0: Well, it, it, at least you knew that people were on the edge of their seats for four weeks in between. That's oh, yeah. a good thing too, waiting for you. But you know, I can't wait to jump into this one because uh, you know. I have I've been looking for a reason to to bring you back on. I I just like every every so often I'll see you pop up on my timeline like oh God, we gotta get Marcel back on. Then we have Javier Millier. and I see him describe himself as an anarcho-capitalist. And of course the only reason why I know about AnCap life is because of you and the Tumblr crew. I said oh you I, I'm I'm reaching out to him right now. Uh, first thing I'll ask you is just a gut feeling. Uh, assessing Millier as a public figure Does he excite you? Do, do, are you no. suspicious? Uh, cautiously?
4: Fortunately, not I am not like at all excited about having him. Like, As go far ahead. as Latin American leaders go Nayib Bukele is like my guy He has exceeded Just by my every expectation You know, he ran on a platform Of like universalizing Bitcoin in the country And then, you know, by the third year He basically completely eliminated MS-13 So like those are positive results I, He hasn't But Javier Milei, unfortunately, is surrounded by what can only be called hazoniites, by people who are part of this like national conservatism, sort of conservative. I don't want to call it not a conspiracy, not a psyop, but this network of like phony right wing populists that has been active in Europe and is now finally branching into the, into, uh, the Western Hemisphere. His vice president is a woman named Victoria uh, Victoria Villarruel, who you know was taking class from the, uh, at the Defense Department. School of the Americas kind of thing. She's affiliated with Spain's party Vox, which is this right wing party. And what we find with all of these right wing, these so called right wing parties, is that they really tend to deliver for their people like the worst of both worlds. Like you vote for them on this sort of populist nationalist platform, and then they give you not only like thorough involvement in NATO adventures in Ukraine and elsewhere, but then they also give you mass immigration. Like you would surely think if you vote for a right wing party and then they give you war, at least they'll close the border, but no. No, all of these leaders that you get—not only immigration, but you get it like in record numbers. So when it comes to Millet, especially people who portray themselves like you know, schizo or crazy, you know, you see all these crazy stories coming about Malay about oh, he talks to his dog psychically, or um, he has these weird views about you know, un- unthinkable views about you know, selling children's organs. I'm sure you know. Yeah. no, but no, no, no normal person would ever advocate for anything like that. But what you find is that whenever anybody's like, oh, I'm crazy, I'm unpredictable, you never know what I'm going to think of, it just comes from, from my dog, it us- I mean, they're usually never crazy when it comes time to do what America says. And even if somehow they actually are, if these stories about Millet are true and not just things he's saying about himself, what that means is people around him will be making the decisions for him. Well, you know, if George Bush says, oh, I'm just some, you know, I'm just some folksy, down-home Texan guy, okay, well, guess what? Dick Cheney makes your decisions now for you. So I think that with Malay, I expect nothing good.
0: See, and uh, and this is the first question I have about the um, uh, about his ideas, because as far as assessing him as a public figure, there's one thing I've seen a lot of people bring up the WEF tie-ins and things like that. I, I've se- I've actually seen you. Uh, maybe- oh
4: yes, yes, he was a World Economic Forum like young fellow. I mean, that's like the least offensive thing about him. I mean, like. So many people have have been on that Young Future Leaders program. Like Tulsi Gabbard's been in that program. I've seen. Uh, you, I can think of plenty of people who even we might even like that would probably be.
0: And, and, and I've seen you make uh, I've seen you make some kind of uh, some tongue in cheek references about MK Ultra as well. That uh, oh it, yes yes. So, but but as far as his ideas go, here's the thing. Um, he expressed an urgent need. We'll get into all how an economy like or how a country like Argentina can actually do what he's been saying needs to be done, uh, without you know really causing a lot of damage. But the first thing I saw was that he wanted to ditch the peso for the U.S. dollar. Now, I'm not. I I am so remedial. I I I really. That's why I have to bring economics people on To talk about these types of things I know how to balance a checkbook I know what's coming in and what's coming out I understand about, you know, being in debt and I know about debit and credit Balances, whatever, but This, even me, I said, wait a second, you would think that he'd say we got to get on a gold standard or at least think about bricks.
4: Something, yes. The U.S. dollar. It's it's confusing because it doesn't make any sense. You are right to be confused. And there are a lot of people out there who are like, no, no, it makes... So it is is true that Argentina has, you know, outside of, you know, collapsing socialist states, you know, places like Zimbabwe or, or Venezuela, Argentina has some of the most dismal inflation numbers in the civilized world, I mean, I think at one point they were getting 150% inflation year over year, which basically means like a cumulative 10% every month, which is the kind of inflation where it's not hyperinflation. You're not quite like shoveling, you know, taking wheelbarrows full of money to the store, but it's the kind of thing that can really mess with, you know, you mess with your day, week, month, and year over and over and over again. So there's nothing good about Argentina's money system, but but we need to understand, especially if you are familiar with Austrian school or anything like it. Stopping inflation is the easiest thing in the world if you have, one, the political will to do it and the monetary authority. That is, it's not complicated. If you have control of the state, if you have control of the central bank, all you need to do is literally just have the central bank start selling off its assets, right? Pull money into the central bank and just throw it in the trash can, right? Just raise interest rates. It is the easiest thing. Any central bank can do it at any time. And so if you have the political clout to dollarize, that means you have that means you must have the legislature on your side you must have somehow the political ability to pass a law or whatever to just replace all of argentina's you know existing mon, um, i don't know the head of head of whatever council or whatever board runs a central bank just replace them with deficit hawks there was a time in america where we were getting like 10 percent inflation Near, I mean, the Carter administration, and Paul Volcker came to power, and he just jacked up rates to like 20, like crazy, like 25%. And he just caused a recession for three years, and then he brought inflation basically down to like the 2% that we've all sort of gotten used to as normal. But he just said, like I I have the political will to do it, and nobody can stop me because I'm here for the next six years. Uh, and it can be done. There's no special sauce. It's the New York Fed. There's nothing. So... For someone to have as their opening offer, dollarization, for me, that is almost automatically invalidating. Like mm-hmm. you have just given yourself away basically as like, you know, Washington's man in Argentina.
0: Yeah. That's, that. I mean, one
4: thing, like, imagine if Bukele said like, hey, we're doing Bitcoin. And then he gets into office and then you know after a year it's like okay that bitcoin thing was kind of silly we'll do dollarization there i would say okay so like the system ground you down and you wouldn't do this cool thing if you're if you're like oh i'm a crazy i'm a crazy anarchist libertarian man yo man the state can come out of my asshole you know and then it's like okay so what's your plan to fix the money it's like U.S. dollars. I know,
0: what? I know, dude. I There's know. There's no
4: excusing it. It makes no sense because it doesn't make any sense.
0: I know, I know. And, 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 and I'm sure. And, but again, he's got the crazy hair, and he's saying things that are, like I said, I, I, I appreciate the fact that those ideas are getting out to a public that never hears it. I think that's a wonderful thing just to light the fires of curiosity. But The fact that he spoke. Milton Friedman's name to you know a global audience the last 24 hours or so. I think that's great in itself, but as far as when I see the to-do list and I hear the US the US dollar instead of even like you know, looking into bricks or something is 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 odd. But let me ask you this now cuz speaking of political will. Sure. I don't know how the the uh Argentinian government is set up, but let's say you are The president down there now okay it's it's President Marcel and and you have you have a a coalition that you can just cakewalk to any kind of legislation the legislative uh, power or that you want Um, how do you root out he says he wants to root out as many government agencies as possible and here's the quote there is no room for gradualism or half measures says Millet so my question to you is, assuming that you have unilateral authority, if you can't be gradual about this, how would you achieve something like that in Argentina or the U.S. when we have multiple generations now who have been made dependent on government for survival, including hundreds of thousands who are probably um, you know, employed by the government as well that would be going away with the, these agencies, what would you do?
4: Okay, so then the first thing I would do, and this runs a risk of it being gradual, but I think, you know, Millais' words in this case are correct that a lot of these programs just need to just go. Mm. And I, I would say, as like the halfway measure, I would just start paying people cash directly. So, whatever programs that we had that was giving people free health care, whatever program we had that was distributing food or, or, or education or whatever. I would be like, listen, that bureaucracy needs to go away, and we're, everybody, you're just going directly on the dole. Like, just show up to the office, we're giving you $1,000 on the first and 15th. That would be, I think, the way that you smooth it out. And then from there, then you just start year over year, or month over month, or, or what, or at a time of your leisure, you can start cutting payments in that way. Okay. That would be, I think, the simplest way to do
0: it. Okay. Well, it, it, it's just, I think about this all the time. Um and I don't know I don't know how the hell I mean in the in an American system you'd have to ama- are you still in New York by any way by any chance Right
4: now I'm in Virginia but I might be going back to New York some for work.
0: Okay because I keep thinking about what is what people would be able to do locally um, how how you can ever create any kind of uh, economic autonomy again to the states that are all dependent on block grants and things like that it's it's just impossible and so and then, then you have the other thing there too. Is you have a a voting block of over two million people that are that are um, employed by the federal government, who obviously don't want their their jobs to go away. It's a it almost seems like an impossible situation. Do you see any way where our system? does not go down you know i hear people like peter schiff for years saying hey it's a, a, any any day now this is this is all tanking but then you know another 10 years goes by what's the timeline do you, uh, from your standpoint on american hegemony or, or at least just solvency like fiscal solvency or just how long can america keep these plates spinning i i, I guess it all goes i think it's all it like kind kind of goes together I
4: mean, okay so america you know luckily has like a sovereign central bank so you know, we can be fiscally salient for decades. I, I don't think America's going to enter like any kind of fiscal crisis or hyperinflation scenario. I don't think we're going to get anything like that. As for how long the empire, I mean, right now, America's really, you know, feeling it on all fronts. You know, we're, uh, we're seeing it in the Middle East, in Eastern Europe, you know, the big worry is that if America, you know, since America has already given, you know, God knows how much equipment to Ukraine, you know, the worry is that if America has to do anything relating to Iran or Lebanon or wherever that we might need to like just drop taiwan like taiwan might just need to eat it and it's like sorry you know musical chairs and there were only two seats uh and it's hard to say sometimes like how much legitimacy the country has because if it just comes to like you know do people think america still got it you know at a certain point no but it's not as though america's intelligence capacity is really still has has really dropped you know, I remember before the Russian invasion, people were making fun, you know, people were kind of on, on residual Iraq war programming, you know, where uh, the CIA, or, or rather post Iraq war programming, where the CIA was saying like, oh, you know, Russia's gonna invade Ukraine any day now. And I remember in, like the week before, even I myself was like, you know, you're just saying this, you're just making this up just to like justify some crazy. And then it actually happens like, oh, okay, I guess the CIA actually no. <laughs> turns out they're not a bunch of chumps over there. They actually do know what yeah. they're doing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so in that same way, you know, the army is, you still has, you know, the army has this kind of recruiting crisis um a lot of the a lot of the people you know who I used to argue with back in the day turns out they came around to my point of view and they're telling their kids like actually don't join the army it's you know it hates you (laughs) don't don't bother it's like oh yeah I "I told you so. yeah
0: Yeah. I was talking about that in particular um just with my brother before because uh we had a friend we had a friend that is considering re-enlisting and I said is he nuts and we're going back and forth I said you know um, i I saw just recently that they set out they sent out those letters to everybody who had just been kicked out because of you know um, vaccine compliance and all that. And I said, pound sand, I mean at this point, what the hell are you doing if you have any kind of special uh, military or or uh you know the skills with weapons and t- anything that's tactical in that respect stay home uh be an advocate safety for your family for your neighborhood why the hell are you going to go die in a in a in a desert somewhere at this point who knows what the hell pops off next for a
4: country that for uh for not only a country but rather for like an army that really despises despises people. you like,
0: it's i mean that's just what it is you feel that you feel the 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 disdain everywhere and that's why when i look at the Mm -hmm. uh, the the economic situation that's always been been a part of it for me it it, uh it
4: they're desperate yeah because i saw a commercial for the army the other day there's a bunch of paragliders everybody in the commercial was a white guy so i was like my god these guys are like desperate i mean they are they are they are against the wall i know you know uh This isn't a real person I just made There's a fictional character A fictional character I'm not telling you But uh, a fictional character That I just made up You know He was uh, He was in a branch Of the military And he he was like Riding a desk For like three years Because he wouldn't Take the COVID vaccine And then you know Because he couldn't be Like made to resign They eventually Just ginned up Like a a, a slightly spurious allegation of racism against her I say spurious because it was no more racist than the average person in the army if you know what I you know, yeah. the kind of locker room talk you know Right. and so at the end be, you know, that finally did it and you know if, if they ask him back I'm like dude what the fuck oh,
0: like yeah. I know, I and, and that's why I say if it were just
4: again, okay, this is totally made up person. I did not. This is not happening.
0: No, I just, get you. I'm sure it hasn't happened okay. to anybody in the last couple of years. Yeah. But, but, but this is what I'm talking about. All this really goes back to to reflecting what the bigger picture is, and and what a any community or nation would have to really rely on to go into the future in, in some kind of a confident way. I mean, it's so much more than economic instability there's there's no culture that can be considered common at this point and um, so I, I wonder okay if you actually were to get rid of all of these these um, these ministries in Argentina or all of these unconstitutional agencies in in the United States which is pretty much all of them what do you have there what what what's left it really would be chaos and I, I don't know how you wouldn't be able to phase that out. Uh, without so-called gradualism so i did i didn't understand um, what what the play might have been down there for Millier. Uh,
4: i think that the, the 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 way to do it is just directly i think thank people directly right and, and just saying like okay, you know no more free healthcare know this just we're just giving you money and and from there that's not that, that's like a second best mm-hmm. where you can shear off like you know you can get rid of a lot of useless bureaucrats you can get rid of a lot of programs you can open things up a little bit and then from there you can even transition if you know, if you really want to go from useless program to just direct cash handouts and then you say okay now from there we're doing like tax deductions and tax credits and then you could get rid of things i mean that would be if you had 10 years i would say maybe maybe a full 20 years that would 20 years would be like certainly enough time if you had the political will to do it you could probably do it in 10 maybe even five if you had like a lot of guns on your side and like we're doing it nobody can get in my way you know the big worry i have for argentina just knowing the kind of person that melee is is that we might end up with like a repeat of You know, the former Soviet Union or what America did to Iraq, where you have sort of this fire sale of all of these state industries, and it just falls into the hands of maybe, like, two dozen people who buy it for, like, you know, pennies on the ruble or whatever. Mm. And these people just get to be oligarchs of the country for the next, now, what, like, 30 years?
0: Oh, like that John Perkins. so that's
4: the... The you know, John and, book. And I guess you know, as a true libertarian, you might say, "Well, I guess that's better than having some social government program." But you know, these people are still going to be you know regularly bailed out over and over. Actually, in my research, I've been uh, looking at like South Korea, and a lot of the companies that um, Park Chung Hee created from his reorganization of the Korean state back in like the 1960s, you know, they're still to this day like some of the largest companies in the country, and they're just regularly still just getting bailouts like every 10 years. So you know, if you if you do if you don't do it right, if you do privatization kind of half-assed, where the president just gives things to his friends and they still have political connections, you know, those savings maybe it might seem like you're saving year over year, but then you hit the ten year mark and it's like, money, please. Sorry, we ran short, and the government's like, write some of the fattest check you've ever seen.
0: Right, right, and of course at this point that check will be uh, denominated in dollars. So it, right, it, it's, yeah. so I, I, it's going to be, it really is going to be interesting. Now, of course, th- this is, uh, there. there's plenty of people that love doing digs because I, I think that over the last however many years, it's uh, it's become apparent that anything that feels too good to be true on a level that big, especially on a world stage like that, it, it, it has to be too true, uh, too good to be true.
4: It is absolutely too good to be true. Okay. And and, and I'll say this, I would be more excited about melay if it were not 2023 but like 2016, right? Because I remember being excited for like Javier Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro was doing the same thing. He was um, he was holding up books by Hayek, holding up books by Rothbard. You know, people like Viktor Orbán, people like uh, Mateusz Morawiecki in Poland, Jarosław Kaczyński in Poland, Georgia Maloney in Italy. You know, this is now like our our sixth time going through this dance. You know, even Suella Braverman, who was um, the Home Secretary in England for the past few years. She stepped down, I think, like a month ago. You know, um, I forget who replaced her. But these guys, they all... Oh, um, Boris Johnson also. You know, there have been plenty of people now, a surprising number of people who have said, like, oh, yeah, I'm like a really edgy right-wing populist, and I've been reading... You know uh, i've been reading a lot of like edgy libertarians i've been reading you know whether it's like bold bug or something you know i've been reading and, and they'll name some people that like you know, if you're on twitter or, or, or on that kind of edgy right-wing space you're like oh my god i actually know who those people are and you guys kind of feel really smart to so your friends and you say yeah listen i know who like that obscure you know i know who I know who Hayek is, yeah. or let's say Hayek. and you know, I know who uh, Curtis Yarvin is, right? And you're like, a- a- and this is a way to get a certain kind of person who would normally be a lot more skeptical of these politicians, and get them on sides because they get to feel smart, like, oh, I know these obscure people he's mentioning. But if you just like just if you just ignore that for a second, and you just look at who are they surrounding themselves with, you often find that it is at best like just the old neoconservatives coming in through the back door, right? It's just you know just old Never Trumpers or whatever who are just like, oh, I just want this country. To be hard in on NATO, hard in on like combating China. You know, why should Argentina? Why should the president of Argentina be spending time like, man? I just, we, I'm just really super concerned about Chinese imperialism. Like, what? If we want, at least, you know, at least America has a pretension of being a global superpower where we're guarding the trading lanes to Japan and the Philippines or what, whatever. Why is the president of Argentina saying to himself like, as soon as I'm in office, no more trade deals with China? It's like, dude, why? For, are they competing with you? If you had a domestic manufacturing industry that China was cutting in on, you wouldn't be having 150 percent year-over-year inflation. You clearly mm-hmm. do not have the kind of economy that China is threatened.
0: It it, 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 re, it uh, resulted in 12 point victory though, and I w- yeah, whether that whether that is, hey, I, I know some others. It, and it made me wonder, too, because South America, Central and South America elections, those are one of those things that we would just joke about years ago when we still had some kind of thought that our system had some kind of fail safe against being too much of a joke. And um, we would we usually joke about that. It was, oh, was this some kind of South American election over here? And then you think about, well, 12 point thumping, as they said it. And they got all the votes in, counted, and completely uncontested in the same night. And it started making me wonder, man, that, that was easy. That was a little bit too easy, geez. So
4: yeah, well, well, there were a few things. He had a few advantages, notwithstanding the America's on the scale, which was almost everybody who was running against was like a, like a government minister, either at the time or or in the previous cycle. Um, the person he was running against, so the I forget what the guys. His, his leading opponent's name was but he was a finance minister and it's kind of hard to be like the finance minister of a country with 150 inflation and then like win an election for president mm. you know the okay your, your past performance kind of indicate so it's amazing he got as far as he did and the third runner-up was a woman named um something bullrich uh patricia bullrich who was security minister and she ran like the center-right party and then she just endorsed it so what started to happen was all yeah you know, i would say all of Many many insiders of the previous regime just started endorsing him at the
2: end.
0: Okay, so the, so pretty much it was a last minute. The coalition just started growing to insurmountable levels. I I, I, see, I didn't yeah. I didn't know that the, the lead up to that. I just saw wow, this is a. Uh, is an incredible thing, because all we knew about him over the last couple of months was that clip that came around where he was calling leftist shit, and we are like, oh, finally, good. I'm, I'm just glad somebody's having a meltdown on television. I don't even know who he is, <laughs> where he's from. I just love television meltdowns, especially I can get behind this one. but um,
4: Do you see him uh, shouting at an empty room to be quiet when he was being interviewed? Did you see this one? No. Yeah, there was a bit where he seems to have some kind of like psychotic break. It was like maybe a few weeks. Like it was between the right, the baseline election and the runoff.
0: Oh my gosh, can
4: you imagine? Where he was being interviewed and he was like just like like stirring, stirring, and then like shouting at someone behind him, like you know, please be quiet. You know, tell them to stop talking. There was like it was like like how
0: there's no one there. Can you imagine it if some, most, if this gets worse? Like if there if that was just he
4: was already admitting that he talks to his dead dog in his mind.
0: Oh boy. Well, yeah,
4: uh, you see what I mean? Yeah. It's like there's two choices. Either he's crazy and he's just going to be controlled by his vice president and others in his circle who are just terrible, or like he's pretending to be crazy, in which case, this guy is like the most stone cold Machiavellian psychopath this side of the Darien gap.
0: Well, so- let's. <laughs> Well, you know what? Thanks for setting this up because, uh, you know, uh, that's one thing that we'll be able to take a look at in 2024. And um, I, it really, Marcel, it, it's really great to have you back on. Thank you for the insight for, to be a correspondent on this Very issue. Very happy to be on. Thank you for having me. Yes, and I can't wait to have you back. I, I, now, I have your URL. It's uh, pretty much a bio of yours, but I put it into the, into the, um, the, the description. I can add your Twitter uh, tag there. But if, if you want to give a spoken plug for anything in particular, go right ahead. Yeah. So the
4: best way to reach me, honestly, is on my Twitter. It's twitter.com slash Black. I have my personal website if you have a more professional thing you want to tell me. Uh, I have a substack, which is just first initial, last name, dot substack dot com. My pinned tweet is always my most recent substack article. And I've recently been writing an article about this very strange, like full spectrum push to get people on the right doing psychedelic drugs and it's really it's coming from everywhere.
0: So you you uh, you're, you're not you're not for what? you're not for everybody taking psychedelics then.
4: No, no, it is definitely the people that are pushing this are not coming from a good place. Okay. Like and besides this, um, a good book I would recommend for people when it comes to, you know, how do government programs get as big as they do, I've been turned on to this book called um, The Age of Entitlement by Christopher Caldwell. Okay. So that will tell you a good history Of like uh, the civil rights, great society, sexual revolution, all these things that America picked up since the 60s and how that led to uh, Caldwell's framing devices, the election of Donald Trump. But it really is like a good explanation of how we got to this like bloated, politically correct sort of nanny state, right, that we have right now
0: see these are the things uh, these are the things I can't wait to bring you back for because I just like talking I like taking a trip through history I like analyzing people and and uh, the way that this kind of information and these programs have on the effect on people's minds I think it's a wonderful wonderful thing because uh, you can't talk economics without talking psychology so there's 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 a lot there and I'm looking forward to to more of that have a happy Thanksgiving my friend and I hope you have a great night you too as well all right there you go there is dr. Marcel Dumas, ladies and ladies and gentlemen. that is at on Twitter at anarchy in black anarchy in black and um and yes, so there we have our show for tonight, a little bit of a deep dive into Argentina, and I say there's. <laughs> Like I said there's a service level thing that I will always say is a net positive the fact that people's names like Milton Friedman are being spoken out there for millions to to take a look into it that it's it's making a lot of sense but of course there is always the there is always the risk of the messenger the message may be amazing but what about the messenger sometimes they send a really kooky messenger to to uh, make it very easy to attack ideas Once, um, once an operation has reached its end, but, uh, I think that this was great and nothing should go uncontested completely on this show. So that's what we did tonight. Okay. Over on pill. Let's go to those, those gold pills, send in those gold pills. You'll get a last minute shout out. Same thing on quite frankly. TV. Here we go. Porpoiseful says. Here's a cookie. Thank you so much. Eyes Wide Open says, Good evening, Frank and fam. Thank you, my friend. Enigma- Enigmatoid. Loving that. Two cookies from Enigmatoid. Reggie V. Thank you. Sean Joe. Thank you. Sean Joe just gifted a one month bronze subscription, a couple of them, and people are grabbing them. The Gray Man 74 is now a sponsor of the show. And so is Pam D, which means that they can now join us for Sunday streams as well. Make sure you keep a lookout on your pill.net direct message inbox. That's where all of your unlisted links for special access programming shows up now that you're a sponsor. Thank you to Castle Drummer, Sean Joe again, Pam D, Our Four Cents, Boys Blanc 89, hanging out in there. Thank you so much, Boys Blanc. Castle Drummer again, Shaquille Oatmeal is back. The Beaver Teeth Witch is laying out the indoctrination reprogramming contingency. I know. I know. Between them and the door-to-door social media hate uh, hate squad, there's that. Esther G, thank you so much, Esther. Shaquille Oatmeal again the CNN has single-handedly made Trump's best cropped re-campaign ad snippet. I am Donald Trump, and I approve this message. Our four senses. is Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you, Porpoiseful and Wise Mama Bear. Rounding it all out there. Joe M says Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, Joe M. Okay, over on Rumble, we have from... Deep Center Press says, I love the show as always, Frank. Happy forthcoming Turkey Day. Good to come by and have a great commentator on the present fifth generation warfare against us. Keep fighting, everyone. We can all contribute. Yes, we can. We will. And we have been. I love it. I absolutely love it. Stostube says, great Thanksgiving week, Frank. Thank you, Stostube. Katie Skye says, hi, Frank. Did you get the snowflake ornament I mailed in? I figured it could be a fun... Adult discussion piece to place at the top of the tree out of Aurora's sight. See who notices it. I'll take a look. I don't, I'll have to go and I'll have to take a look. If it it came recently, then I have to go and check the mailbox tomorrow, I think. I wanted to do that before the, the break. I also, this is the time of year that I really love doing unboxings and doing unboxings live like on on Thursday morning I uh, on Thursday after I go to my my nephew's high school uh football game for you know Thanksgiving Day football I'll be coming back we'll just be preparing the house and we have a nice, nice little lull in the middle of the of the day so hopefully it's sunny and crisp and I'll go on the back porch and I'll light up a cigar and I'll go live on YouTube and do my porch stream there and things like that and maybe I'll do some unboxings. I know I have a wonderful gift uh from uh from Matt out there. You'll see what it is. Not not Matt. This Matt. Twisted Wizard. Jay Britt says, I have no actual thoughts, but here's a super chat anyhow. I I'll I just a hello, Jay. That's fine by me. And speaking of Jays, Jay Gulinello will be on tomorrow night. Be a really nice way to kick off the little bit of a Holiday break on Thursday, and Stowe Stube with a wonderful donation two tonight, and both of them very very, very generous. I thank you all so much. all right, um let's head on over back to just a live chat. Joe Elaine, thank you, Joe. Joe says great guest frank thank you marcel's um he's got one of those Ferrari brains, man. A lot of great stuff. And you can go and check them out on Twitter. I'll make sure I add that into the description of the episode. But that's it. That's it for tonight. The band is almost here. Let me make sure. Hold on. Let me make sure here. Oh, that puts us close to nine. Oh. No. Hold on a second ladies and gentlemen. Uh hold on a second. It. Give me one second ladies and gents. It's a it's a band thing. All right. Sorry ladies and gents, I had to do that. There is a little bit of a traffic situation with the guys coming on over here, so I wanted to tell Anthony to take a look at the to take a look at the um the issue with the band on the road. Hold on. What the hell's going on here? I'm still okay. It's okay. Forget it. Oh, anyway. They're coming over. I'm sorry about that i'm sorry it's a one of those crazy tuesday nights where am i staying on am i getting off looks like i'm getting off anywho you guys have been wonderful thank you again to marcel for showing up and for all you out there who want to email the show quite frankly podcast at gmail.com and we're going to have a wonderful night tomorrow night uh, i'm going to mix it up a little bit you know it's not always just nutrition with jay it's always about the new world order and having fun and i hope many of you uh, call in they'll be back to full two hours tomorrow night and then again on friday which is is shaping up to be a very very fun evening hope you're all here for that i'll see you soon good night thank you so much and um until tomorrow
2: i'll catch you on the flip side
0: Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience. And now, our super chatters starting with Stostube, Katie Sky, Jay Brits, and Stostube again. Thank you to all my wonderful friends on Pill.net. And um, I'm going to release that scratching right now so you guys and gals enjoy yourself. And we'll see you tomorrow. I think I don't think there's any after-hours programming tonight. So just uh, go take a look at whatever else is on PILD.net. There's plenty of wonderful people doing their thing there. And, um, and then uh, you know, drop me a line sometime. I'm also going to be setting up a voicemail soon. Or a voicemail system. Just with voice notes that you can just drop into an email. Uh, I'm going to tell you all about that because I'd love to start playing voicemails. All right? All right. Good night, everybody. Have a wonderful one.